And beyond episode 303. Oh man, this is special. 303 day. What, what up, 303? Not quiet, but happy 303 day. Hey, thanks. Uh, 303 podcast day. I should clarify. <laughs> uh, we got a great episode in store for everyone. Uh, I'm Peter. With me, as always, is the guy who messes with the board every time and tells me not to. <laughs> that is that's your job. That's your part as co-host. Mm-hmm. I do I do best best to make sure Peter has to edit. <laughs> I still don't. So good try, Ryan. Uh, I try. We are joined by a very very special guest. First time on the show. We just recently did her show. Uh, did that age well? Talking about Gremlins, which hopefully everyone checked that out. That was a blast. We have Molly Smith with us. Hey guys! There you go. Thank you so much, everybody. A large audience. I uh, stole that from the Golden Globes. (laughs) (laughs) From the three people who were there, (laughs) and then the host. Why are you calling me? I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Molly. Thanks for joining us too, and. uh, um, yeah, uh, as we were talking before, we had a great time talking about Gremlins. It was good to relive that movie. And that's, that's something that Peter and I always just like to go back. And I'm glad your podcast has did that age well, because that's a great question with a lot of these movies we watch. And mm-hmm. if you haven't had a chance, go check it out. Yeah, you got to well, find out the answer. Yeah. The answer, yeah. And you gotta Are find you going to sleep tonight without knowing the answer? You're going to get a <laughs> yeah, lot of that chance. <laughs> um, uh, as long as I'm not dipped in water or eating fried chicken after midnight, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But well, the question is, like, how soon after midnight can you start doing that again? That's kind of the big question with the rules. Listeners, if you've listened to our episode, this is an inside joke. Um, if you haven't, go listen. There you go. Find it at uh, Did That Age Well. Uh, do you, are you like on all the the podcasting yep. sites? Yeah. Yep. So Find wherever you wherever listen, to you get your podcasts. That's how we do it. That's how we, we should roll. start a website called Wherever You Get Your Podcast. Dot, it's all dot of them. Biz. <laughs> dot biz. Dot lol. I saw yeah. a dot well l the other day. That's I a like that. really yeah. So it's a real domain name, apparently. We we need to claim ours. Maybe we can get B movies and beyond. LOL. <laughs> can we have Doctor bet- Pew? Oh, that's good too. <gasps> oh, I like that. I'm gonna have to cut this so no one takes it. <laughs> you could do B movies dot beyond, probably. Yeah. Hey, I like. Oh, that's fun too. Yeah. So See. many things you can do now with web addresses. I'm glad hmm. we have. Molly as a guest because it's just new stuff for the podcast. Other guests usually bananas or or 
producer um, of music and movies, makes Hallmark movies, or just Jeremy. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's just always a good time to get together and, uh, you know, chat about movies. So we had our episode 300 and you had a very special episode 100. Sure did. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah. With you guys. That was the 100th episode. Pew. Pew, pew, you guys. Oh, my God. So what you just heard there, that was my sexy pew. (laughs) (laughs) So now anytime you hear that, now you know. Now we know. I don't even know why we're doing that. Uh, I was just feeling really sexy on an episode, apparently. Love that. Yeah. Um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through some uh, quick questions, some trailers, some news, and we got some Nicolas Cage movies to review. Hey just like yeah, just like Nicolas Cage, we showed up a little hungover, fashionably late, and um, we got three weeks left, so we got to talk Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, we got to catch up because we didn't do it last week. Oh, well, Oops. Wrong one. And you press the wrong buttons because you're Nick Cage and whatever. It's like fuck it. You should just hung over, not drunk. <laughs> Well, is Nick Cage the one who's hungover, or if he's drunk? He does both. Yeah. He does both. One does lead to the other. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the, the amazing stories about Nick Cage, like, just hanging out in Las Vegas hotels, just wasted off his mind, Molly? I have heard these stories, yes. And I think, here's the thing about Hollywood eccentrics, is that part of me wonders, okay, so you know you know when someone says like, oh my God, everyone in Colorado drives a Subaru and then all you see are Subarus, right? Whether or not that's true. That oh, it's true. It is true. Okay. Well, that's maybe not the best example because that one is true. However, sometimes I think is everyone in Hollywood as eccentric as Nick Cage, but we just notice it more because we've all called attention to Nick Cage for being it's eccentric or is it just like everyone's eccentric? And we just and we just don't notice it because we're not paying attention. I, I think it depends on what level. Like he, you're mm-hmm. you're right, definitely to a certain extent. Like he, but he's like famously known just for getting drunk a lot at these hotel bars yeah. and then getting kicked out. Uh, you know, he's there so much that in drinking all the time that they know him and they take him to his house. Like that. Right. That's a different level of a celebrity right there. It's Uh, kind of like the Murray effect, you know, like Nicholas, like Bill Murray is known to have a little bit of a nightlife and like show up in random spots, but yeah, he may be drunk, but the stories aren't like drunk Bill Murray stories. They're like, Oh man, I randomly ran into him at the airport, but you get Nick cage and it's, Oh man, Nick cage was hammered at the airport. (laughs) (laughs) But what's so great about it is that, I mean, his excuse is like, well, when I'm working, I don't drink. But when mm-hmm. I, I'm between jobs, I got nothing to do. So I drink. Yeah. I, this is part of the reason why he's just takes every single role that he can possibly get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I plot him. I mean, what do you guys do when you're bored? Watch Nick Cage movies. And right. drink. <laughs> <laughs> so he's helping us out. Yeah. <laughs> And and I love his goal of being able to watch watch a, a, one of his movies every single day on every, what he wants to make enough movies 
for every day of the year where you could switch channels and his movie is going to be playing on something at some time. Mm-hmm. It's just that's that's a legacy right there. It's not okay, like, hey, cool. I want I, I want to be an Oscar winning. Oh, he yeah, is Oscar. He's done that. He yeah, is Oscar he winning. Anyway, here's our quick question. <laughs> What? How? Why? I have so many questions! Okay, so speaking of Nick Cage making whatever movie he wants, um, I think Peter and I have talked about this in passing at some point, but um, think of a movie, any movie, and replace a character with Nick Cage. Who would you have him replace in that movie? I got it. I'll go. You got the answer? This, it's not this Je- just... What? It's not Jeopardy. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is the mask? I oh. want him to take over the lead of the mask. I think that would be an interesting... I mean, Jim Carrey, I think he, he nailed it. It was a great uh, uh, movie where he just got a get as crazy as he wanted to, but I want to see Nicolas Cage's take on that. I want to see how crazy he can go in that role. Uh, so that's my pick. I, I think that'd be really interesting to see as a film, <laughs> him putting on this green mask and, and just looking acting crazy because his, I think his idea of what's funny and what's wacky is a lot different from everyone else. And I want to see that. That uh, interests me uh, greatly. So that's my pick. Very good pick. And I could see it. Like, if you watch his movies that he's made where he has gone absolutely batshit crazy, you could just CGI a mask on him and it would be the mask. (laughs) Yeah, but can you imagine though him actually like you know the directors telling him to do these crazy things like what would yeah. he come up with you know like I can only imagine like it'd just be the roles where he's not supposed to act crazy he comes up with that craziness yeah. so when he's actually supposed to act crazy I, I have no idea where he would go <laughs> yeah sky's the limit really mm-hmm. so wow Molly? that's a good yeah yeah Okay, so this, I feel in my heart, I feel in my gut, I feel in my soul that Nick Cage should have played Johnny Depp's role in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. I want you to imagine, (laughs) I want you to imagine him turning around, you see Captain Jack (laughs) Sperry turns around and then it's Nick Cage. Um, I just... (laughs) With... With that look that he has on right behind (laughs) that face. It takes that movie and it makes it like, it's a movie that I think needs some more crazy. And because it is crazy already. Captain Jack Sparrow is crazy. And I just think that Nick Cage would have been. But I'm just going to go ahead and say that anything that Johnny Depp has done that Nick Cage probably would have done it better and it would have been more fun and it would have been more entertaining. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, Cause I think Jack Sparrow is such a kooky guy and people like him because he's kooky. And I think that Nick Cage could be like in on the joke, you know? 
I like it. That's another good one. I, um, I don't know. There's some really good Johnny Depp roles out there, but uh, you can do Fear that, and Loathing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can see that. I get, the one that keeps on coming to mind though is Edward Scissorhands, and I just I don't know <laughs> that one. I I can't quite imagine it. <laughs> that one I'm having a hard well, time. Well, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't you be entertained? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. But I just can't. You know that whole suit, the way his hair is <laughs> cut up. Like I don't know. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't s- sit right with me for that one for whatever reason. <laughs> oh my but, god! Dude, think about Willy Wonka. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> he would be so mean to those kids. Like even more mean than Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka is fucked up. Frankly, frightening <laughs> and not okay. I yeah. Now, amplify that, and you got Nick Cage. Yeah. Could you imagine him just like taking swigs from like his little flask of like chocolate or uh, what? Do, uh, what do you mix with chocolate drinks? Like uh, um, Bailey's. Yeah, he's just like drinking, like dipping in the chocolate river and putting some Bailey's in there, and just like being a drunk. <laughs> Willy Wonka. I love it, dude. I think that'd be fantastic. I think it'd be funny. And that like that took me back to like just. I know Peter said the mask, but. If Nick Cage did some of Jim Carrey's roles, I think he would do pretty yes. well. I think he'd do better. I'm annoyed with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's annoying. I'm kind of in my Jim Carrey is annoying phase. <laughs> we mean. all go through that stage in life. <laughs> Don't we all? I recently watched The Grinch and I was just like, Ugh. you know. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go with a, I was going to pick a movie. Um just a movie, but since we kind of expanded on the roles of this actor, I think Nick Cage could take on Keanu Reeves' roles. And I would like to see him in The Matrix. Could you imagine him in The Matrix? No. I think he's so (laughs) funny in The Matrix. It would be funny, but it would not be funny. Um, And they're two two totally different actors, and I think that their their method acting is just just enough where it's a little bit different. You know, I could see him in Point Break. I could see. I could see that. I could see a young version mm-hmm. of Nicolas Cage, uh, absolutely in that role. Uh, but I also like to think of him now and what he's doing, and, and put him into those younger roles as well. Okay, well <laughs> Constantine, like he would be a good Constantine as well. Yeah, I mean that's the same thing. I thought he was he was good at Ghost Rider, so movies okay. sucked. <laughs> You know, Keanu Reeves would be a good ghostwriter too. But yeah. they could just switch back and forth. Like, really, those two guys, they need to do a face off. Oh my God. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> baby. Let's go. Should be Nick Cage versus Keanu Reeves. Oh my God. That's the real one. I pretending to be one another. I love it. Love it. Um, let's let's get into some trailers though. We got we gotta move this episode on. Here are some exciting coming attractions from movies and beyond. We totally made that ourselves. <laughs> pew pew. Yeah. Did it still anything from that whatsoever? Nope. Pew. Uh <laughs> <laughs> 
It is Nicolas Cage month. <clears throat> and of course, we have to have a new trailer for Nicolas Cage, uh, which is, it's a fantastic one. I love this. Me uh, too. It's a uh, Renfield. With um, um, you know, Nicholas Holtz and uh, Nicholas Cage's Dracula. I like Nicholas Holtz as um, someone who's dead. Like he, uh, mm. the first time I ever saw him, he was in a uh, Warm Bodies. Yeah, you got tricked into and, watching and that. I got tricked <laughs> into watching that. There's a story behind that, Molly. Oh, I, a trick! And I was with my girlfriend, and she was like, "Hey, you want to go see a movie about zombies?" I was like, "Yes." And then. Uh, <laughs> Midway through the movie, I looked at her and said, "It's a fucking love story, isn't it?" <laughs> love and zombies. <laughs> I left. Yeah. Wow. When I was, was like, that? When did that come out? Two thousand thirteen ish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it took but, a ha- whole half an hour or half the movie for him to realize what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> it might change. There might be a good twist here. Yeah. <laughs> The twist was I was tricked. Yeah, yeah, that was the real twist. That was the real twist. Yeah, but yeah, Renfield looks awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> I love how they built the tension the entire time. Like we all know that we're waiting for that one shot of Nick Cage as Dracula hovering over everyone with his mm-hmm. goofy, crazy looking face, and uh, it was perfect. I and I was I screamed when I saw him with joy, with excitement, with fear. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, it's I I love most of the trailer. He was Nicholas Holt is at uh like um uh, uh one of those group meetings for what, like abusive relationships, basically. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so he's going over talking about his relationship and how it's toxic and everything, and he's talking about. Uh, Dracula the whole time and then like he said he finally shows up and and true to form you know he just starts going out but it, it, what I was surprised by is it's uh it looks very action packed pretty gory which then uh, the rating comes after the trailer and it's rated R which I think everything's better rated R so Absolutely. give us the give us the boobs and the blood and guts and all of <laughs> absolutely that's what makes a film that's what makes a film they say so can't wait for that come out and so like like i just feel like this is really i feel like other people are catching on to our nicholas cage month and his birthday and like doing this trailer he had a new movie that just came out uh he's a cowboy finally it's about time um so it's it's glad i'm I'm so happy to see everyone uh, participate in his month. <laughs> we are truly pioneers of Nicolas Cage. We really are. I and mean, we get no credit for it. <laughs> None. Um, hey, Peter, Molly, uh, it's it's a new month and we get a new uh, Marvel Studios trailer. And uh, this is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I think this trailer gave away way too much information. Um but it's one of those movies that it, it it sets up this giant universe and you got to watch it to like understand what's going on. I was bored watching this trailer. I what? said enough. Enough. It was, it was like watching a kaleidoscope, you know, there's so many colors and shapes going on <laughs> like I mean, if you're high, you would love this. Yeah. 
that was my problem was watching oh. it sober. So <laughs> are you next uh, time? Next time we watch yeah. trailers a little high. Just kidding. Are, are you in with kaleidoscope of Marvel movies? I mean, where do you stand? Like, are you just, I, so I watched some Marvel movies a couple years ago. I said, you know what? I'm going to see what all the hype's about. I had seen Black Panther and that was it. Um, but everyone saw Black Panther and everyone liked it. So that was not unique. But I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just see what all the hype's about. So I started watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in order, starting with Captain America. And I got to Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. And it's not that Guardians was what made me drop off. I actually liked it. But honestly, I just sort of like forgot to keep watching them. And I think that that kind of just speaks for itself that I wasn't like gripped by it. It was kind of a chore. I'd be like, oh, I got to watch this fucking three hour movie. You know what I'm saying? Like they know how to make a movie. Every story is the same, but it's a good story. Like I get it, but I'm, but I'm so tired. I'm so tired. You know, I think we're all tired. Um, we're, yeah. we're getting that way. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on, on that, especially these newer ones. You know, I used to be a guy like, Hey, opening, I'm going out to the movie theater, especially for these movies. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the guy where, now wait till I can watch it at home. And if I'm bored, I can fall asleep easily. They are giving us too much. They need to keep it special. They need to learn how to play hard to get. That's what I think. Mm. (laughs) How how do you (laughs) flirt with us? Yeah. (laughs) They need to flirt with us a little bit. They need to keep it spicy. It's like we've been married to Marvel for like so many years. And it's like, it's not even special anymore. Give us something special. Make us hold out for it, you know? Otherwise, Marvel's going to go back on Tinder. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't want to see Marvel back on Tinder. Can you imagine? (laughs) You've come so far. Uh, Then you get all the questions and like all your friends are like hey are you okay and marvel's like no not really but i'm just trying things out and <laughs> oh, we're wait. trying to open up our <laughs> marriage and it was it was her idea so you know <laughs> maybe that's what they need to that's, do they need to open it up more. Yeah, honestly maybe they, right. mm-hmm. maybe they do uh well with all that being said I'm excited for this movie. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I I don't it's uh I think it's a Paul Rudd thing. And also Bill Murray's gonna be in this. And I love those two guys. And and so I have to see it. Again, I'm not I'm probably not gonna go out to the movie theater to watch it. Uh Marvel has tricked me enough recently that you know they can do a good trailer, but it is like you like you said. Molly, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And these new movies, there's something missing. Like I, I don't. They've really taken a step back with the most recent ones, and and this could be easily that. So I'm gonna save my money. I'm gonna wait till it comes out on Disney Plus. I'm already paying for that. Yeah. Uh, so that's In this economy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm Ryan, a sucker. If- Marvel theater yeah you you i i hear from ryan how it is 
for all these movies. What did you think, Ryan? Um, I think you gave away too much, but I was excited because um, I'm really starting starting to enjoy Jonathan Majors as Kang as the major villain for this next cycle of Marvel movies. I think he's going to be... I like him as an actor, and I I like him as a villain because I think he just has enough personality and like he's mischievous enough where like um he's gonna really fuck shit up i also like that they had some glimpses of this is kind of nerdy molly but um there's a character named modok okay and he's a giant floating head with tiny little arms and he's gonna be in this movie so i want to see how they do this there was two scenes with him in here and the two scenes i saw look comical so this might be something where peter and you might be right um, you might want to, if you're into doing some mushrooms, do some mushrooms and go watch Quantumania. Dude, the whole thing looks like it's on a, uh, you know, it's all CGI. It's like on a green screen or blue screen, whatever screens they're using. Now, uh, nothing looked practical. <laughs> like no, it, that was, yeah, that was the only thing that I was like, ah, oh, I don't. That's it's a little much, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, between again, Paul Rudd, he's just so he just has that it factor, you know, and he just has Mm -hmm. that charm. Which that's all I need, as long as he's doing his thing and and being funny, you know, I'll I'll be captivated, you know, have all the CGI in the world, it'll be fine. (laughs) So, (laughs) it'll be fine, I think, is a perfect way to summarize that. It'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll make its (laughs) money. We all know that. It's just we know game. that. Until they stop making money, we're going to have yeah. so many of these, which I, I can't even think how Marvel has, what, four movies coming out this year, and like DC has like 10. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, it is getting a little bit too much. I, I need some... Uh, these in the tender zone is what they're doing. Like they're the, They're the ones back on the dating scene. We need to watch out for them. Watch out. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like he agrees with himself with the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like we don't even need to be here, Peter. Nope. nope. <laughs> I really don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Why well, don't you? All right. All right. Forward. Well, that was our trailers. Good set of uh, trailers over there. And we are on to my favorite segment. We made that jingle too. <laughs> Incredible work! I think news. Oh, we I forgot to do. God. We like oh, yeah. to be really professional. You know, they always is got that to... ASMR a little. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Those fans, we got we got a small bunch of them where they watch mm-hmm. just that part. You see it peak on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they do? <laughs> All that. Hey, I watch a lot of those videos. Don't 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 mess around. I'm not a listen. I'm not making fun. I'm not making fun. <laughs> so uh, uh, the news isn't necessarily my edition this time, which I'm I'm glad. I love it. So we're gonna start with this one. Nicholas Cage is not down to join Star Wars. I'm a Trekkie man. Molly, 
what'd you get gather from this? Because you sent this to me and it was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, he doesn't fit in the star Wars world, right. but why? Well, he, he has not gotten any offers. Um, it's, it's not as though he has said, Oh, I got this offer. And I said, no, but he just wanted everyone to know that he has formed his loyalties. He has chosen his side he was talking to a Yahoo entertainment reporter and he was like, look, um, I'm not really down uh, with being in Star Wars. I'm not. I'm on the Enterprise. That's where I roll. And that's a direct quote. So um, I guess that's really all you need to know. I, I mean... <laughs> I'm glad he has his side, but I guarantee you Star Wars ever offered him a role. He's not turning it down. <laughs> he will do anything. He'll do, well, he's national treasure, right? Uh, he hasn't for, like, gotten anything from Marvel. Uh, he's Ghostwriter, but that not that kind of Marvel. Um, but he hasn't been in Star Wars, nothing like that. I, I Dude, I think he fits really well in, in a Star Trek kind of role. I mean, I could see him in Star Wars... It's kind of like I said earlier, I could see him in the Matrix, but he would suit Star. Um, it's a Matrix equivalent. Uh, what's that one with a uh, Christian Bell where it's the guns? Um, yeah, yeah. Equal, like he'd be better in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, yeah, him in Star Trek is a better fit to me. And I, I would be dead. See, OK, we talked about this at one point, Molly. Okay, we got our we got our wishes. He's a cowboy. He's yeah. never been a cowboy before. Yeehaw is what I have to say. <laughs> Yeehaw. I think that's what, what we all he's said. Never, he's never been in space. Yeah. And that is uh the fact that he's been confined to Earth this whole time, I think, is unfair to him and to it's us. It's unfair to all of us. I could yeah. see that's right. A Marvel world. Yeah. Yeah. He could be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I like it. I think it would fit there. Yeah, I mean, him and Sylvester Stallone—that would be their little team up right there. Because Sly Stallone is part of Guardians. I don't know if you knew that or anything, but I—I but, um, I want him to be in Expendables Four. Like, I don't understand why he's not a part of that universe yet. I mean, he's just as much of an action star as any of those other guys. So, fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. But he has joined the ranks of some other very famous people uh, and playing Dracula now. Wow. Which. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> very Add that to the soundboard, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's a second time playing a vampire. Uh, well, I mean, he's been in Vampire's Kiss. Is that what you're referring to? Well, I guess Dracula. Dracula is a key component on this. Yeah, this is his first time playing Dracula, and there's only... Uh, let's just see. What are the other Oscar, uh, I guess, winners that have played Dracula? Can you name those actors? No. Without looking? Well, I know Gary Oldman's one. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. And <laughs> oh, let, me, let, me, let me guess, throw it out of my head. Um, Jack Palancey. <laughs> That's what you Came pulled out, out of your head. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Jack, is it Jack Palance or Jack Palancey? 
this my article? This is mine. Yeah, so you this should. This guy looks like Batman. Batman. Oh, he was in Batman. Oh, dude, he was in a. Uh, oh. He was in 1989 oh. Batman. Uh, he was in City Slickers. Uh, oh, man. Jack Glancy. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. David Nevin and uh, Gary Oldman, apparently. Yeah, and now, now Nicolas Cage, all Oscar winners. Those are two guys that they're, that's before my time, so um, don't really know. But uh, I mean, joining Gary Oldman, way to go, Nick. Good for you, Nick. Good for you. Get oh, me. do you want the clapping? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Um, all right, Peter. Nicholas Cage says face-off sequel involves Caster Troy and Sean Archer's kids all grown up. Were their kids shown? Oh, their kids were shown, weren't they? Well, definitely um, Archer's kids. Uh, and Caster, the kid was super young, right? Yeah, he had a little boy. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I just, this is such a weird. I don't know where they're gonna go with this movie, and it's supposed to be like a direct sequel. Um, it, it, you know, who's taking off the faces now? Like, who's gonna take their face off and put that it on? That is the else? question. It's like, is it the kids? Are they gonna switch with the adults again? You know, like I, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Or is this going to be like yeah. some weird thing where, you know, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage are just so old. They're just like in wheelchairs and they're like, let me tell you a story about when I took my face off. And then uh, then the kid's like, that sounds like a really fun idea. And let's let's try it ourselves. Or or this is going to be yeah. some weird, you know, generational war where like the two families are just constantly fighting. And now we're right back to. You know, the same plot as face off again. <laughs> I think that's likely. Um, I'm not sure that you can really do um, a whole lot more with face off. If you don't do the plot of face off, then it's what is it? Exactly. You, you have to face off. The face has to, the face has to come off. I mean, exactly. for God's sake, it's in the name. <laughs> exactly. It's just, but now it's just who is going to take their face off? Face off, um, unless they turn into a plan. hockey movie or something. That is interesting. An twist. This is how you integrate Keanu Reeves, and then everybody's faces come off. <laughs> make this oh, part God. of the John Wick series, and then you somehow make. Caster Troy, part of this, uh, part of the, um, uh, not Parabellum, but the the hotel, and then you you bring in like John Travolta, like meets up with John Wick somehow, and he's like, "Hey, this shit's going down. We got to get through these two. And then they get their faces off, and then somehow Travolta and Keanu or John Wick, they they lose some sort of gun battle. They're in surgery, mm-hmm. and then all their faces are switched, and then we don't know whose faces oh are who. It's like when you're at when you're at like a football or basketball game, and they have that they have that game on the screen where it's like they put they put like a ball under a hat, and then they move all the hats around. It's yes. like that, but it's faces Ooh. and kids' faces, and John Travolta, yeah. Nick Cage, and Keanu Reeves, maybe Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, wait. Um, with the uh, 
no, not him. Uh, those three and their kids, and and um, we find I don't know how it ends, but just the build up would just be fantastic. I just hope, like you said, I hope they all take their faces off. I hope I feel like yeah. there's gonna be at some point some doctors will be running with all the faces in a trip, and they all go <laughs> flying everywhere, and everyone just yeah. picks up a face, and they're all mixed up, and they're gonna play <laughs> other people, and and maybe they do that multiple times, you know, so they all get to yeah. play one another. Uh, yeah. A real no comedy matter. of errors kind of, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah. and then yeah. what do you know? We fell again. <laughs> he has that one, you know, where they can't, you can't pick up the hat, right? You just keep on kicking it forward. It's going to be yeah. one of those things with the faces. Um, I, I, no matter what, I'm going to see this because I love Face Off. I love Nicolas Cage. And the fact that he's involved with it, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what he's doing. I'm in. Yeah. So I'm happy for him. Me too. Uh, Ryan, what's this last thing that I'm not supposed to open? Well, at? open it and be surprised. And if you know about it, act surprised. <laughs> you, do I have like a drum roll? Oh, oh this is Ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. Oh, so they're going to begin filming in March. So here's the thing. This Ghostbusters Afterlife's sequel, it's supposed to come out this year, like around December, right? 100%, dude. So that's my question. It's starting filming in March? Yeah, and this is a movie that has probably a lot of visual effects. Like, I don't know how this is possible. And I better not get my hopes up. If I get my heart broken, He's been burned before. There's one thing that Peter dislikes... As much as he likes, he hates time travel, but loves Ghostbusters. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. Why? There's no time travel. (laughs) Well, it's just that, like, I don't know. I guess uh, Ghostbusters, like, I don't really get the rules. I know you're a rules guy. Mm -hmm. And that's part of why the time travel thing is frustrating to you. I don't really get the rules of Ghostbusters, but if I'm being honest, I don't really get Ghostbusters. I don't really get that. Not like I can't understand it cognitively, but I don't really like understand why it's so cool. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't it so cool? (laughs) I don't really get it. Why do people like it so much? I don't know. Sorry. How did you feel when the female version came out? I thought it was entertaining. So is it, is there, uh, did you get that one? Did you, was it cool? <laughs> did you get it? Yeah. Um, I watched it and I felt like, oh, that was fun and entertaining, but I am not going to see it again. Yeah. That's how yeah. I think most of the public either felt that way or strongly wanted to tear that thing to pieces. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think it was that bad and I've actually tried to watch it uh, recently, uh, but I clicked on the, the other Ghostbusters and I was pleasantly surprised with that one. And I enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> you had the same title, like things get confusing. And so you yeah. need to like say, you know, at least like Ghostbusters, F for something for female Ghostbusters <laughs> with the girls. <laughs> Girl Ghostbusters. Girl Busters. Girl Busters. Have a pink 
you know, Ghostbusters mm. symbol. You, you gotta do you something. You can't do that anymore, Peter. <laughs> oh, you can't. Well, <laughs> distinguish what which film it is. That's all. You have the same title. It gets yeah. confusing. Um, but the, uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I just feel, uh, you know, <laughs> so Ghostbusters, the original, um, you know, that was something like I grew up with. And I'm sure that's probably why I think it's so cool. And and I think that's what they're capitalizing with these new films is like all these old right. guys now are growing up and now they're bringing their kids to go see these movies, stuff that we loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now uh, those kids have money. Mm-hmm. Money! So yeah. I, I think that's the whole thing. Uh, uh, as far as it being cool or not, I mean, that's that's just up to you. You got to decide that. And clearly you made your decision. But clearly, I would, I t- that's up to me and God. And yes. I made that decision. <laughs> I would <laughs> happily, though, you know, maybe we need another podcast where we can just debate this. I would love that. <laughs> well, that kid from Stranger Things is going to be in it. He was. Did you see Ghost? No, you wouldn't have seen no. Ghostbusters after. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. <laughs> what do you think? I, I say it as if it's some like niche. Like who saw that? But you might like it. The, you might actually like the Ghostbusters Afterlife because now yeah. it's it's following. Uh, uh, there's a female lead like as a child, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know. That's also another thing. Like I know a lot of people were like they just can't relate to like when kids are like the leads and they don't like that. So if you're what, against as that, if they weren't ever kids, <laughs> like you've never exactly. been a kid yeah. for some reason, it was like, nah, I'm past that stage. I, I don't want to be watching. I wasn't kids. fighting Vecna when I was eight years old or trying to entrap <laughs> him in little boxes and driving my grandparents old beat up Cadillac. Good point, Ryan. Good point. Uh, but so yes, she is now the new nerdy, oh, uh, like main Ghostbuster, and is figuring out everything with uh, the kid from Stranger Things. That's her wow. brother, and now it's like this whole new generation of like kids mixed in with like the originals. So uh, you might think it's cooler now. <laughs> Girls in STEM. What can I say? Pretty cool. Um, and yeah, there's I don't a kid game podcast in it. He's hilarious. Love oh, that. Yeah. And, Paul and, and Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd, who, as we know, makes any movie charming. He does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even Clueless. I hope I sold this, but we should probably move on. Reviews. We didn't see Tarantino either. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Molly, do you want to go first? You're our special guest. I mean, oh my God, it would be an honor. All right, I'd love to. I'm excited because I love this movie. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the applause. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um. Okay, so I just get the floor to talk about how much I like this movie, right? Yeah. That's what I get to do. Great. Okay, so (laughs) Raising Arizona is the movie that I'm going to be talking about right now. Raising Arizona, this movie has it all. It's got mystery. It's got crime. It's got a love story. It's got 
comedy. It's you'll laugh, you'll cry. It's like even okay, even within the comedy genre, it's got it all. <laughs> it's a dark comedy. It's satire. It's a romantic comedy. It's slapstick. It's smart. It's a buddy comedy, but it's also kind of got this weird line between like fantasy and realism. And it's just, um, yeah, find yourself a movie that can do it all. Like, I think it's got my favorite Coen Brothers trope, which is an unlikely weird little hero um, played by Nick Cage as H.I. or High, who is a man who does not get along very well with the law. And Ed, played by Holly Hunter, of course, who is an ex-cop who falls in love with him and they steal a baby. I mean, what more could you ask for? The baby, of course, Nathan Jr., Nathan Arizona Jr. He's a quintuplet. The parents of the quintuplets say uh, they've got their hands full. And Holly Hunter's character, Ed, is like, well, pff, they've got their hands full. Let's do something about that. Um, but I think what makes this movie so great is really the Nick Cage of it all. Like his First of all, his hair should win an Oscar on its own. It's like his hair is always going every which way. But it's a reflection at any given moment of how stressed he is, how wild his hair is. And he's purely entertaining. And it's a really wacky movie, which makes it, I think, a perfect setting for Nick Cage to fit into. Like, Everyone else is matching his energy. It doesn't seem like, whoa, he's really overacting. It doesn't feel that way. But he's still, even among such a strong cast of supporting characters, he still has a standout performance. And um, yeah, an over-the-top movie kind of like this, I think, is where Nick Cage really shines. Uh, what else do I love about it? The score there's a lot of yodeling, a lot of banjo. That's really fun. And I'm just bummed out that Nick Cage didn't become a part of the Coen Brothers universe beyond this. Like John Goodman is in this movie. Obviously, he's in like every Coen Brothers movie. Francis McDormand, obviously. Holly Hunter. Like they all went on to be in future films. And I was just bummed that we don't see Nick Cage in other Coen Brothers films moving forward. Hmm, that is weird. Like, you know, he made that film. Like, yeah. I'm surprised he never got invited, but maybe he's just, you know, he's, he's has that certain part and they never wrote that again. Maybe he's yeah. just an unbearable weight of mass of talent for the Coen Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Ryan. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I, but I mean, I'm I Arizona. It. It's like a. It, it's like a perfect movie. It really it is. is crazy. That was like really right. We interrupt uh, reviews like with our guests, and that's kind of like we like to do it. We like to just like interject and and cut people off, like I just did with Peter. But that was a perfect <laughs> review right there. Oh my God, thank you. Just, Very good. I just. I mean. It, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. This is why you need to see this. And if you say no, then fuck you. And <laughs> honestly, if you say no, then fuck you. If you say no to Raising Arizona, then 
then politely fuck you because this movie <laughs> rocks. And it's unpolite. so good yeah and frankly <laughs> fuck you so that's what <laughs> even I think. more even more yeah. um i haven't watched this one in a long time but it's it's one of those movies where you just you put it on and you it's one where you pay attention to there's a lot of nick cage movies where you can have on in the background and say he, he wants 365 movies for 365 days and you could just have it on in the background cool i like that but this is one movie where you you pay attention you watch it with someone who hasn't seen it and they can they can really enjoy what this movie is all about and it helps you appreciate the Coen brothers i absolutely agree yeah it is very Cohen Brothers. Like everything I can see. Okay. I know that I said fuck you to everyone that doesn't <laughs> want to watch this or doesn't like it, but it is very Cohen Brothers. And I, I obviously, if you don't really love the weirdness of the Cohen Brothers, you're not going to like this movie because it has all of the classic things that people who dislike the Cohen Brothers typically dislike about their movies. Like it goes in. A lot of different directions and doesn't exactly know what its tone is to some maybe i would disagree with that but i can yeah, see how people would say that or like that it um that it is unclear if it's supposed to be ironic or sincere which is one thing i like about it like i kind of like the way that it's sort of like in between fantasy and realism i think like the way that it's in between irony and sincerity is really funny and fun but if you also don't like a wacky little hero you're not gonna like this movie because they're wacky yeah yeah i i I love it and this is early nicholas cage too i mean Mm -hmm. so uh, and did did this win any awards i can't remember i don't know if it did I don't know. It's just so good in my in my heart. I think it did. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it got nominated for some stuff. Nothing like nothing yeah. big though. No Oscars, but it, no it's, Golden Globes. Yeah, but I mean, if you're talking certainly like, no like, Golden Globes. No, no. I'm talking Coen Coen Brothers movies. Like, like again, if you're into that, this is one of those movies. Like top of my list for them mm-hmm. so nice well uh do you own that or is there a place where we can watch that um i rewatched it on google play uh you can watch it i think it's on stars or showtime or I like think it is a, on one stars. of the premium services so yeah we've never had someone recommend google play or and or use it well, here's the thing is that I typically, if a movie is not available on like a regular streaming service, I'll watch it on YouTube TV, but it wasn't available on YouTube TV. So I watched it on Google Play and I'm an iPhone girly wow. like this was, but I have Chromecast, which is why I didn't buy it on Apple TV. Listeners, wasn't that interesting hearing me talk about what kind <laughs> What kind of devices I have and platforms that I have. So if you have Chromecast, not an ad, (laughs) uh, 
And here's the other great thing about this is it's anytime you're using anything else besides Apple, just Ryan does not like it. He hates that we're on Skype right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you have to have a Microsoft email and it's like, I haven't used my Microsoft email since I was seven. Like, what? Yes, but that's not entirely true. Molly brings up a good point. I have Apple products and I use Google services and I just never looked at Google play in, in that realm to find my media, you know, like I've kind of gotten to the point where if it's not readily available to me, I'm like, all right, I'll wait a month, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll be on some streaming service by then. We all so, need to go out and buy the DVD is what we need to do. We had this <laughs> topic on your podcast about, yes. you know, physical media versus, you know, yes. digital. <laughs> and you know where I stand again. I know where you stand, but hear me <laughs> out and okay. forgive me if I already brought this up on my podcast. But even if I did, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> it's all right. It's this new podcast. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> if you buy something, let's say you buy a movie on um, Amazon Prime Video or you buy a movie on Apple TV, formerly iTunes, and all of a sudden that platform just doesn't own that movie anymore, you also just don't own that movie anymore. So even if it's something that, you know, you're you're not trying to stream it, like you want to own it, you really can't own any digital media. You have to. I know I sound like like um an like a an apocalypse prepper right now, but like truly at any moment they could take your digital media from you. So if you want to watch Raising Arizona while the world burns, you have to get it on DVD. That's Molly it. just told us she has an entire storage unit full of DVDs somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have one sh- <laughs> one yeah. single shelf on my bookshelf of bookshelf, like of some DVDs. <laughs> sure. Also, okay. just let us know that you don't have Raising Arizona on DVD, though. I yes. know, and that's a problem, and that's why I'm saying call to action. We all need to get it. Oh man, I haven't bought a DVD or Blu-ray in forever. Blu-ray, oh my god, Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, what came after wow. DVD? <laughs> Whoa! Oh, VHS Blu-ray wanted to be a thing. Blu-ray tried so hard. Blu-ray is a pick-me girl. Blu-ray wanted to be the new thing so bad, and it's like. Girl, just like let it go, you know. And it had uh, to like you know add in DVDs with the purchase. So. I know. Oh, oh, and then and then like that weird awkward phase where it had the DVD, the Blu-ray, and the digital code for your iTunes. Yeah. Yes. The weird thing. I like how you just totally like nah, screw Blu-ray, but DVDs where it's at. <laughs> I, I or I would love it if you went back to laser disc. <laughs> laser disc. <laughs> My old Xbox three sixty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh all right. Ryan, you wanna go next? Yeah, dude. Um okay. I was gonna put this in a text because I was deciding between two different Nick Cage movies. 
Um, and I went with Mandy. Now, you've watched Mandy before, right? If you're referring to me, yes. If you're referring to me, no. <laughs> you know how we were talking about watching movies in kaleidoscopes on mushrooms and, and, and whatnot? Yes. I feel like Mandy was one big LSD trip, but not in a good way. Um, it had a good story. However, I think the the entire movie was overshadowed by the the cinematography and the visuals of what it is. Like they they really emphasize their colors in each one of these schemes. So, like when you first meet Nick Cage and his uh and his girlfriend Mandy, and you start to understand who they are, like the color scheme is, if I remember, it was a little bit more purplish and a little bit you saw more of their actual skin tones and whatnot and then as the movie gets it progresses it it becomes a little bit more red and or dark and you see um it just gets more red and 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 you see less and less the characters and that's the one thing watching this late at night you're like man dude like my my entire setup is filled with this color and that's that's what i was really focused on um Plot of it, basically. Nick Cage is drunk. No, I wasn't. I, I was <laughs> if I was, if I should have been or not, because, because, like visually, like it would have been awesome to see, but based off the story, and if you followed it, it would have been terrible to watch when you were high. Oh, oh yeah. And why? It's, it's disturbing. It's a oh because disturbing. it's just like, it's scary, disturbing. I, I don't know how to really go into this movie without spoiling it. It's um. Nick Cage is a recovering alcoholic. He lives with his girlfriend and um, he's enamored by her. He loves her art and they live just kind of like in a desolate area. Um, and there's a cult that they're kind of fucked up by, by um, this LSD that this biker gang that uh, they all, they're all in the same area. But I gathered from it and, and they kidnap his girlfriend, Mandy and uh, the leader of the cult, tries to like in a way seduce her with his music and they're all high on drugs. They're all high on LSD and laughing at him. And see the the thing about this movie is the beginning part. You don't really see Nicholas cage. You see like the development of the the story, but they capture both of them, um, bring her in the house and she, and he's captured outside and like, it doesn't go right. And man, Peter, how old? How long is this movie? Twenty eighteen. Is this good enough to like? You can spoil, spoil it. Hey, you guys, if you All haven't right. seen it the- yet, just skip ahead a minute or two. We get the uh, guest permission. They she she laughs at the cult leader, and he they basically like drug her up to the point where she's unconscious, and they burn her alive in front of Nick Cage. What? <laughs> Okay, yep. yeah, I definitely would not want to see that high. That's so scary. And then but they the just colors. Cut. Yeah, the colors are beautiful. And <laughs> dude, like the cinematography is it's really good. Like the way they show the scenes without them having dialogue, it's like you you really get the best of Nick Cage acting in this. Can I ask like, I saw is she-, she unconscious when they burn her alive? Or is she does she like wake up because she's like, oh my god, I'm being burned alive? 100 percent unconscious. Okay. Wow. Like she's a rag doll. <laughs> my my dog is looking at me. Her her face is like this. 
That's what she's doing to me. Mommy, you she's okay? Shocked. <laughs> she's shocked and disturbed. I guess this this gets into Nick Cage month because the rest of the movie is an absolute Nick Cage John Wick kill gore fest. Mm. And mm-hmm. this is where it gets really good because this this shows like this shows the, the acting chops of Nicolas Cage. He went from this recovering alcoholic to this guy who watched his girlfriend burn to literally finding a bottle of vodka, downing it, and planning to kill everybody who was involved in this. And yeah. each one of these yeah. murders, each one of these scenes is a little bit more epic every single time. And dude, they didn't say much about the biker gang in this movie, but when they showed it. They were the creepiest biker gang I've ever seen in my entire life of movies. Like, Pete, you know what they are, right? No, like the Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah. I love this. I love when Brian sees the movie and I explain the song and he's like, what? Wow. He said pretty colors. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was curious if he was high. Like, he was so focused on like the colors bouncing on his walls. Like, <laughs> Yeah. she's Someone's being burned alive and it took you like five minutes of talking about this movie before you even mentioned that. And I, I guess you were trying cool. to avoid spoilies, so I get it. Um, it. Here's the best thing is if you like gore movies and you like good kill scenes, this is a good movie to watch for that. Because Nicolas Cage has been pretty good at being that like psychotic, just off the wall, murderous type of character. And I would call this his John Wick of movies, if you really ask me. Like, Wow. Kind of, and yeah, this is kind of where I'm like, I, I can see him as a John Wick type of character. Like, mm-hmm. um, if he's not John Wick, I I could see him parallel to John Wick, and or the villain of John Wick. But this still also in that life, this is kind of also set him down like this other path of doing these uh, kind of indie horror films too, which are really cool. So uh, I, I like that they you know, who made this film and put him in this, uh, which one of my favorite jokes is in this movie. Do you know what I'm referring to, Ryan? Knock, knock. Is it the... Knock, knock. No, I say knock, knock. You say... Do you know how a joke works? (laughs) Oh, who's there? Eric Estrada. You say Eric Estrada, who <laughs> you're doing such a good job, Ryan. Eric Estrada from Ships. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long walk to get there, but we arrived, yes. everybody. We arrived. Part, yes, part of this from Ryan not understanding knock knock jokes. Yeah. <laughs> It, but, the whole joke did rest on the other person participating <laughs> in the conventional knock-knock joke way. So yeah, I get no, why but... it did take a little bit of the magic out. But I still thought, you know, sometimes seeing how the, a joke is constructed um, 
it lent some insight. So, well, let me just say, <laughs> I saw this in theaters, and when that happened, it everything that just happened here that's what happened in the movie theater. Was like, what was that? What? And then you start <laughs> laughing because it's just so out yeah. there that you can't help it, and also it's. It's that was all Nicolas Cage's delivery, you know. Like, yeah. So you've got to picture that. I did a terrible job. Ryan didn't help me. Sorry. I was here. Uh <laughs> you threw me off because I was I was gonna get I was rolling into like you asked who produces or who's part of it, and um Elijah Wood is a producer on this. Oh, oh well, Elijah Wood himself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, oh. his production company. What is his production company? Uh, but he loves this kind of stuff. He's all into yeah. the, the horror movies. I love that the thing about this movie that I have not seen, but I feel like it's kind of a marker in time, um, 2018-ish, when Nick Cage was kind of like getting out of debt and like was like sort of just starting to no for real was like starting to be able to like choose roles that were actually like good and interesting and he could like afford to take on roles from like you know elijah wood's random little production company you know what i'm saying i mean do you really think though that it's i still think he's just anything that comes his way he's like yeah i'll do that (laughs) Like, I honest to God think that it is because he was in so much debt that he had to work and that now he is like able the reason why he's like playing more interesting roles now is because he like can make those choices. I, I don't I, know if anyone in Hollywood has asked Nick Cage to do something and he said no, let us know. But yeah. I so there is something to. I think he's getting some better roles like like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I mean, like, he's in some bigger stuff. But if you look at his credits, he's also in a lot of just bad movies. He is, yeah. He, so, he's been in, like, over a hundred movies, yeah. and most of them have been bad. Yeah, and there's but, a lot of recent ones, too, though, that are just awful. Yeah. So... I, I I think there's something to it where he is still very much, you know, I don't know what grade of an actor or a thespian you want to give him, um, but he's still doing a lot of uh, lower stuff. But some of that stuff, there's some real gems, you know, there's some stuff where he actually gets to really act like, uh, like if you've seen Pig or I mean, the unbearable weight of massive, massive talent is another great mm-hmm. one where he gets to go and do something a little bit different and play into what he's mm-hmm. known for. Uh, but then on the other side of it, you get movies like Jiu-Jitsu and Grand <laughs> Isle. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's just like uh, I don't know what you're thinking there, Nick. But I'm gonna watch hey, Molly, it. I'll tell you this: um, Do you do you watch horror movies often? Um, I enjoy horror movies. I don't, I wouldn't say like that I have, um, I hesitate to say like, oh, I'm a horror movie person because there is so much that I haven't seen, but yes, I do enjoy horror. This one, uh, this one's a good one to watch. I, I, I would say like, 
you're just kind of like, and eh, like you're not a buff, but you can watch them and you enjoy them. Like this is a for, and I'm directing this towards you because Peter has seen this, and I think Peter can actually um, agree with me on this. That like the way that this is filmed, the cinematography, the storyline, everything just comes together. Where it's just like a very eerie, artsy horror type of film. Mm-hmm. It is very artsy. It's pretty gritty. Um, and now that you know, like one of the you know worst parts about it, I think yeah. you can get past that. And then you get a <laughs> yeah. you, you. I'm glad that I know. I'm really, yeah. really glad that you told me because I, I really am generally pro spoiler because I just want to <laughs> know. <laughs> It's like the anxiety of the not knowing or if someone was like, wow, something really fucked up happens in this movie. I would be anticipating it the entire time. Now that I know I can go in prepared for what's going to happen and I'll be ready and I can cover my eyes a little bit and go like this and peek when I need to. Yeah, Yeah, I feel ready. So there you go. You're going to have to check this out and. And report back to us. You bet I will report back. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, is this on uh, any streaming services, Ryan, currently? Or do you have to get this one? How did I find this one? I would. I, I have it in my Apple TV collection now. Okay. Uh-huh. Looks like it's part of uh, AMC Plus. So, uh, again, it. I mean, everything's on some streaming service. Yeah. So. Dude, AMC Plus is actually a pretty good one. But that, we've already we've talked about this. How like there's so many where you just should just have cable, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's getting to that point. Yeah. So I, all right, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Before uh, before I let you, Peter, the host of the show, um, <laughs> do what you came on the show to do, um, I want to plug this article that I read a couple days ago, uh, this profile in GQ, which actually now I'm going to look it up so that I can specifically recommend it is called Nicholas Cage can explain it all. It's by Gabriella Paella. And I think that's how it's pronounced is P A I E L L A. Um, Gabriella, if you're listening, sorry. Um, but anyways, it was just a really, really interesting profile. Very um, earnest it really gave me some good insight into Nick Cage. It's like all the stuff that we kind of already knew, but I think it was a really um, uh, humanizing profile of him. And it wasn't just like, oh, this guy's a meme. Am I right? You know. Uh, I just meme. pulled it up right now and uh, I- I'm excited to read this. I- he doesn't do too. I think now that he's gotten a little bit older, he's done a lot more interviews and opened Mm -hmm. up like but he doesn't do too much so yeah uh, i'm excited to read this and the articles i have read about him are some of them are pretty pretty out there which it it, seeing how his brain works is very interesting to me so Mm -hmm. and i'm just looking through some of these pictures i know the Uh, pictures are so wacky yeah but it doesn't feel like they're making fun of him which i feel like many profiles of nick cage are making fun of him and he doesn't realize it and that makes me sad i I don't i I feel like just read what 
Read what? I would want. I would. I I'll read this GQ article, but I would like if they had just him reading this article about himself, oh, like an cool. audiobook version, but it's just him reading it, it out loud. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I just think he's a very. Um, I think he's friendly to directors in a certain sense, and like I think this goes into this looking at these pictures is that he's not afraid to encompass what that character the director wants to see or what the photographer wants to see. So if you look at some of these pictures, like, oh, that's kind of odd and weird. I I think that's because he's okay with that. He wants to be that. He wants to encompass just all these various sides of the being human. Um at least that from everything that I've ever read on him or watched interviews with him, like that's what I get. And he still is very out there, but I, I, I see where it's coming from. And it's, it's why that he's, you know, on my top of the list for, for uh, actors that I love. And, Oh, I think there's one, if you haven't seen this, Oh, I think it's actually on this. If you're on the website, Molly, Mm-hmm. I scrolled really far down. There's a um, Nicholas Cage response to some fan stuff on the internet uh, oh, okay, YouTube cool. clip. It was hilarious, and seeing how he just responds to different people and how he views, you know, maybe some of his movies or what he's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Very entertaining, and uh, I love it because he's also not a social media guy or anything. So, right, uh, highly recommend that video. I watched that I think like last year. Okay, cool. So, was that his right. best? Um, like one of the best Reddit Ask Me Anything's was with Nick Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just had to throw that up. I might have been. <clears throat> All right, Peter. He's done a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Uh, so, watch? I watched an, uh, a really good one. I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's called Army of One 2016. Uh, actually, based on a true story, actually, uh, I feel like you guys might remember this. So this is set in, uh, you know, like early 2000. So this is right after 9-11. Um, and, and Nicolas Cage plays, uh, um, a construction worker named Gary Faulkner. Does that ring any bells? No. Okay, what about <laughs> he lives in Greeley and he took it upon himself because he got a message from God that he should go and track down Bin Laden. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rings a bell, right? Rings yeah. a bell. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is a movie about that. And. Wow, does uh, Nicolas Cage put in a performance? <laughs> Army of One. Okay, the title, it's all kind of coming together. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, there's other movies called Army of One, so be careful. <laughs> Just like Ghostbusters. Uh, Russell Brand is is God. He makes okay. various appearances and, and talks to Nicolas Cage. Uh, very, very funny. So, like, So when I say is based on true events. I mean, like yeah, it's loosely based on like basically just the idea that right. this guy 
went and tried to find uh, Bin Laden. And in, in the mm-hmm. in Gary Faulkner, he is if you go out there and do some research, like he is very uh, he's an interesting guy. And then yeah, Nicholas Cage like took that I think to a whole nother level, <laughs> where to the point where I couldn't tell if 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 the real Gary Faulkner would Faulkner Faulkner that was a joke actually in the movie where that's funny they were calling him Faulkner he's like no it's Faulkner (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I just did it um where I don't know if you'd be offended by his portrayal because it's Mm. it's really out there and and I wish we I had a clip you know we don't do too many Ryan's in charge of the soundboard he he, you know maybe we'll have to do that but his voice is just so crazy um and just his his personality uh is fantastic and you're just following his story gary is a very uh, out there personality i mean obviously because he thinks he sees god (laughs) right obviously Uh, you know i would say pretty heavy into drinking and doing some other drugs mm-hmm. very uh you know likes to live life life uh on the edge you know kind of loose yeah. just kind of do whatever he wants um uh you know there's a part in this movie where he asks his doctor for a thousand dollars so that he can go get uh buy a boat so that he can sail to afghanistan <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if that doesn't explain kind of like who yeah. this character is, um, yeah. and it, and he's just he's also just a he he crashes from couch to couch to couch, mm-hmm. um, and you just follow him on these you know year long, uh, you know it took years for him to get to this point where he's trying to get to Afghanistan to find Bin Laden, Bin Laden. Um, okay. He he goes there. There's multiple trips. They they kind of that's the true story. This one they kind of made it seem like it was kind of like one trip where he's there the for a very mm-hmm. long time, um, and he's and it's just hysterical on how he's trying to find him because he has no plan. Right? He just right. thought he thought he would be there, and he could just he would just you know Al Qaeda yeah. would just find him and sure. yeah Bin Laden. And then it, it starts going down this road where it gets more and more um, unrealistic, mm-hmm. where it's it's more of a uh, you know again really loosely based on a uh, mm-hmm. true story. Um, overall, hilarious. Uh, I loved Russell Brand in it. Um, uh, some people that I really enjoyed, Paul Shear was in this, Will Sasso was in it, um, Rain Wilson makes an appearance, uh, uh, the the love interest, which I was shocked that he had a love interest, is <laughs> um, Wendy McLinden Covey, Covey, I'm not really sure, but she's oh, the mom on the Goldbergs, yeah, which I, I think she's fantastic, very I fun. Sorry, I just jumped right in there. Sorry, <laughs> she's uh, a, she's also you know nine one one, and she's amazing in that series. Oh yeah, she is. Oh man, I never yeah. put that together. Uh, but 
just so off the walls. And the fact that the guy is from Greeley uh, mm-hmm. resonates even more with us. So it's a perfect time to talk about this movie since we're on episode 303. So. Oh, per- see how you brought that right back, right back home. Really. Ha- happy home. coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. I, I, there's not much more to say. Like it is just uh, hysterical. Nicholas Cage gets to do one of those solid performances where he gets to go nuts with this character because I nothing's off limits here. Mm-hmm. He gets to be as outrageous as he wants because that's the type of character it is. I mean, he goes to Afghanistan with a samurai sword um, because that's his weapon of choice. Right. Uh it's 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 so funny uh and it's also kind of um heartfelt too because he has to you know make some decisions later on uh, about it I, I won't go too deep into that so uh highly recommend it it is currently uh where did i watch this i watched it on hulu but it's on a streaming uh, one of the extra subscriptions i think cinemax um so if you have that you have to watch this. This is, I would say, one of Nicolas Cage's like more eccentric performances that you need to check out. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember watching the trailer, and I, I don't know why I never got around to this movie um, and just thinking like this was just so, so crazy. Um, and it's absolutely uh, uh, worth a watch. It's worth your time. So. Peter, when when you mentioned this, uh, this uh, took place in Greeley, Colorado. This leads me to a couple other scenarios in northern Colorado because they're a little crazy. But Nick Cage <laughs> would be awesome as the guy who built his own bulldozer and went around the town in Granby, Marvin Heenmeyer. And I think Nick Cage would be awesome as Richard Heen, the father of the balloon boy. I was just going to say he would have been perfect as Balloon Boy's dad. Oh my gosh. That that would be like the best Northern Colorado trilogy of some sort of of Nick Mm. Cage's portraying these uh these wackos. Yeah. From Colorado. I love it. Yeah. Let's let's I grew up in Fort Collins and I was in uh, junior high and or high school. I think I was in high school when balloon boy happened What the day of the balloon boy. And I remember <laughs> like the, t- the world stopped. We were wa- literally like watching the news, watching the saucer go through the air in class. Like everyone stopped and was like, where is the boy? It was insane. And we all found out together that it was all a lie. See, these are perfect stories for Nicolas Cage. I know. Like, like he he could totally p- portray someone who had a hoax of his son being in a balloon. And or he can portray some crazy ass guy who built a homemade tank and went through a small town. Yeah. Yeah. He could be anybody. That's the best thing about Nicolas Cage. <sighs> anybody yeah absolutely I love that's him. why he's one of the greats 
So, oh, all right. Well, Peter, um, this has been on my list. I I do want to go see. I, I don't need to go anywhere to see it. I do want to see it. So I want to go can find to my house go. and see it. Yeah, Hulu, Hulu Ryan. I want to go to Molly's storage and find the the DVD in there. And- <laughs> he wants to come to my bunker where I have all my DVDs stored. This is you need to watch <laughs> Army of One in a bunker. Like that is the perfect yeah, spot the place to, to watch, watch this. Like yeah. if I were to think who this guy is, Gary is like that's what he would be doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, uh, I just can't recommend it enough. It is fantastic. But uh, now more recommendations. To wrap up this episode. Oh, you ready? Yes! Yes! Oh! 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 Oh, God! Oh. I'll have what she's having. This, can I go first? Because mine relates directly to this. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I didn't even do this on purpose, but I am recommending a novel by Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron, the genius who brought us this line, I'll have what she's having. Um, Nora Ephron, um, acclaimed screenwriter, journalist, novelist, often dismissed in the prestige category because she writes things for women and people think that things made for women are bad. And I'm here to tell you right now that they're not. This novel, <laughs> Heartburn, is fucking awesome. It's, um, I think it might have been her debut novel, but I don't know for sure. I guess that doesn't really matter. Um, but it's a semi-autobiographical story about her divorce in the 1980s. And um, it recently, this book actually recently came back around in pop culture earlier this uh, last year when um, <laughs> when Jason Sudeikis and um, Olivia Wilde were, um, there was some, there was some drama about salad dressing, allegedly, where their nanny told, uh, told the somebody in the press that he like was crying and throwing a fit because she had shared this like vinaigrette recipe with Harry Styles. And he was like, no, that's like our special thing, I guess, or something like that. Um, And she responded by posting um, a page from the novel Heartburn by Nora Ephron about a vinaigrette. And then people started talking about it again. They were like, oh, yeah, wasn't that book so good? Um, But anyways, it's more than just being about um, Olivia and Jason. This is about Nora and her ex-husband. And it's about um, it's about friendship. It's about work. It's uh, it's got a lot of funny beats. The voice and the comedic timing is fantastic. Just can't recommend it enough. Read Heartburn by Nora did, Ephron. Did you, uh, did I miss? Did you say this is fiction? Yeah, well, it's semi autobiographical, so oh, it okay. is a fictional depiction of what actually happened. But yes, she wrote when Harry met Sally, and for that, she will live on forever. That's all. Absolutely. Holy smoke. 
every episode of a B movies and beyond. She, <laughs> she's back. Yeah. Nice. Uh, anybody associate their recommendation to the rec- recommendation clip. Wow. So no one wow. has come in here and just said, I recommend Meg Ryan. Or I oh, recommend not now sex. <laughs> no, no, no. That one's been def- done before. Yeah, I think I'm pretty that, sure that one. that's probably been done before. Yeah, uh, wow. I like. I it. didn't. Know. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, when Harry Met Sally was such a good movie, and Rob Reiner, his mom, and I mean, that's why it's our clip. I'm not even ashamed to press the button anymore. I press it on the radio. Anyway, I like it. <laughs> uh, I, so, all right, I'm going to go next. I Because mine kind of goes into uh, with my movie review. Um, I recommend it's, it's this uh, weird docu-series called P- Paul T. Goldman. Uh, and this is, I mean, again, another true story, which you're kind of curious about how much is actually true as it goes on. Uh, but another very out there personality who is Paul T Goldman and his whole story is that he goes on a dating website, finds the girl of his dreams. So he thinks turns out, you know, he's, she's just kind of scamming him for his money. And then he starts digging into, uh, you know, getting a divorce and digging into what she's actually up to. And um, part of this, this marriage is whole, there's a par- um, oh man, what do they call it? Uh, 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 it's like a partial marriage, a part-time marriage is what they called it. So he would only have his wife for like three days out of the week. The other days she was off doing something else. Um and he starts to go into and starts to maybe find evidence that might point one way or another one way. You're not really too sure, but it's produced by uh, uh, Seth Seth uh, Seth Rogen, Evan Gold um, Goldberg as well. So very uh, interesting. And and what it's the the documentary is you know him telling his story also he wrote a screenplay for his whole story and it's them making his movie or doing the scenes from his screenplay. Yes. And he's the main actor of it. Whoa. And he's not an actor or a screenwriter. Uh, Odd. Yes. There's also a um, book out there that he wrote. And also, by the way, Oh man, I don't want to give it. There's just so much, like, so many little lies that they call him out on, and how he plays it off is just so interesting. Um, and it, it's four episodes long. I I blitzed through it over the weekend. It's on Peacock. Uh, I, I again highly recommend it, just like Army of One. So I, I had my two things that I watched this weekend were based on very. Uh, very out there people and there's just something about that that just it, you can't turn your eyes away from it because it's just mm-hmm. so weird so uh paul nick t cage should play him in a movie he yes. should have cast nick cage yeah. to play him 
Oh, I forgot. You want to talk about meta? This was this was fantastic. In Army of One, there's a part where Nicolas Cage is playing Gary Faulkner, and he's at the bar saying, they should make a movie about me. You know who would be great at playing me? Nicolas Cage. Okay. (laughs) That's that's weird. It's weird. But that's kind of fun. It was great. I loved it. End of the scene. (laughs) <laughs> I um I have been watching this series called Succession. Has anybody watched this one? Okay, Ryan, when you wrote this down, I thought is are they pandering to the guest? Because I this is my my favorite show on television that has ever been on television. Whoa. Really? And wow. uh yeah, dead ass. I will I never shut up about it. So, I was told a while by uh, my radio co-host Tony to watch this and just and just play it out. And of course, you got to get past the four uh, first four episodes. Uh, everybody says, and I'm like, all right, I hate series where you got to chew for, through them. Um, so I've been watching. I'm 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 right around that point. So I'm going to finish up episode four. Um, but why I'm watching this is because um, in relevant news right now in in wwe in wrestling this is real life happening with the mcmahon family and this is something that has been gone on for a long time within like this empire that vince mcmahon has been building for a long time i used to watch and i still watch wrestling as a as i think it's an awesome storyline I think it's funny. And I used to watch it as a kid, but you've always followed this whole like back and forth of like him taking it from his dad, his dad dying and building this empire and screwing everybody over. And then this row of kids who are just pouncing on getting ready to take over. And what's happening right now is he's he he'd left, had some allegations, came back and is basically getting ready to sell the entire company for for uh, to the Saudi Arabia government. And everything right now is like, hey. This is exactly how like Succession is playing. You need to watch this series. Logan Roy would absolutely sell Waystar Royco to the Saudi Arabian government before giving it to one of his children. <laughs> like yeah. he absolutely would. Oh my god, Ryan, I'm so excited for you. I feel really jealous of anyone who's watching Succession for the first time. So I'm like, oh, I wish I was watching it for the first time. <laughs> I will have to watch this for the first time. This is on HBO sure. Max, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a uh, it's so far it's I mean, there's some build up and and I feel like this just has a lot more to it versus uh, I I feel this kind of parallels Yellowstone, but I think Yellowstone is um pandering a little bit more to this whole like we need to be cowboys kind of thing versus the actual reality of like owning the land and passing it down to your, your kids and whatnot. And I think this is like the biggest F you to your family royalty that you're building mm-hmm. where Yellowstone is like, Hey, how do we save it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, this one's like, nah, they don't really save it. Uh, like this is garbage. Why do these people care so much? Right. And that's why it's so fascinating. Oh my God, Peter, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> and I disagree about the first four episodes. I don't, I didn't feel like I had to slog through it. And that's saying a lot because I, I usually avoid shows where they say like, oh, you got to watch the first like blah, blah, blah. Um, yes, it does continue to get better as you go, but I didn't feel like, oh my God, I'm slogging through this, you know? 
How many? There's uh, three seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And are they making any more passes? They are um, making a fourth season. They're signed on to do fourth season. Okay. All right. I'm I'm catching up. I'm gonna I'm gonna slog through it, as you said. <laughs> no, she said it wasn't like that. <laughs> I said that's what it's not like, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, it's like i just wanted to use the word <laughs> yes. uh, well thank you so much molly for being coming on our our podcast it's been a, a real pleasure um how would you like to promote yourself well i would like to just say i'm really cool and smart and fun and <laughs> <laughs> i like it um i would love uh listener viewer um if you are a person who likes movies or even if you're just kind of like i guess i like movies um if you love movies if you like them if you hate them we talk about them on my podcast called did that age well available wherever podcasts are found and you can find us on social media at did that age well and you can find me at Molly Bird Smith, B-I-R-D, like the bird, Smith. What's Where's the bird from? <laughs> the, excellent question. Um, <laughs> um, also, wait, before I answer this question, we all know that Nick Cage has a crow that talks, right? What? This is new to me. All right. You'll read more about it in the article. Okay. Um, so I do not have a bird that talks, but it's from a childhood nickname, Molly Bird, because I was always just kind of chirp, chirp, chirping around like a little bird. Um, <laughs> so it kind of just stuck. So Molly Bird stuck. And, and um, yeah, so Molly Bird Smith was uh, has kind of been uh, my little nickname forever. That's where you can find me on all platforms at uh-huh. Molly Bird Smith. But more important than that, listen to my show. Listen to our 100th episode um, with Ryan and Peter on Gremlins. Um, and listen to all the rest of them, too. Absolutely. I, I've been uh, listening to them, and I, I really yeah. enjoy them. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad, Peter. I like revisiting these movies. You know, and I do this. I don't know if you ever listen hey. to your own uh, shows, uh, but I tend to like, I, you know, I have comments and I'm just yelling at my, my radio. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would love to be back. We would love to be back. Yeah. Uh, I would love to have you back anytime. Gremlins too. Yeah. And many more after that. That's right. Well, thank you. Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Girl busters. Girl busters. Do all the busters. Uh, but yeah. thank you so much. It's been uh, awesome. Again, make sure everyone go check out our show. Uh, did or did that age well? Almost got it wrong. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and then I'll yeah. Check out our website, bmoviesbeyond.com. No and. No and, and it's not bmoviesbeyond. No, we, we might confuse everyone this episode. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I take it back. But you guys, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to come and talk about Nick Cage with you. I want to give a big shout out to our guy, Nick. Yes. Thanks for doing what you do. Every yeah. episode. All right. Now we like to end it. It's pew pew out. music.
Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Be sure to visit bmovies beyond our